Albrecht and Jano. He's a cop. She's a doc. Da 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 da. Wow. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the ADC Horrorcast. This is the Creative Town Podcast, brought to you by us over at ADCHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Hey, Jack. <laughs> no no quote today Not either. Not trying. Huh? No, it's in Spanish. It's a Spanish movie. You'll see in a second. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who's banging away while fixing things. It's Mark. Oh, wait. Here we go. Hola. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he calls somebody it. a son of a bitch a few times. You son of a bitch. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2017's, or maybe 2018's, possibly 2019's, Terrified, which was a Jake I mean, frankly, possibly 2020's, depending on if you're (laughs) waiting for DVD and Blu-ray premieres. And 2021, if you're waiting for Shudder availability. Uh, Not true. (laughs) This has been available on Shudder for quite a while. Yeah, we want. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This was a recommendation well, we watched, to me from Jake uh, like three years ago that I watched on Shutter. So never mind. Continue. We watched Terrified Continue from somewhere in the late 2010s, uh, which was a Jake pick. And hey, we've got a Patreon going on. Oh nope. When we we're about to talk all about that movie, and when we do, we're going to spoil it. Fair oh, warning cool. about that. Stuck I am landing. all discombobulated this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, we do have a Patreon going, but we are not where your money should be going right now. So, as we have been for over a year now, all of our Patreon proceeds are going to Feeding America. So, if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z Horror, that's A-T-O-Z Horror, you can support the show at your level of choice, get some cool perks, and know that your money is going to a better place than our dumb asses. But if you don't want to do that, that's fine. We just appreciate you being here. Hanging out with us. Mark, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to protect my mic. My my daughter is having a panic attack upstairs, it sounds like. So uh, I'm just <laughs> trying to like cover it up. So is she, is she okay? <laughs> she's doing fine. When she gets upset, she kind of sounds like she's a bird. You know, whatever. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like a, like a well, as I was saying, we appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. But do consider doing what you can to help someone who needs it. We continue to use blacklivesmatters.carrd.co as a good compilation of resources of ways you can help fight systemic racial injustice. But if you need a little escapism, hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for at least the next little bit. And you know what that means. Time to get, time to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. This was a messy one. Mark, Hello. what are your beers for the 20 uh, movie Terrified? Late 2010s. Um, I am drinking Mythic Worlds uh, Hazy IPA by Modern Times. There is, I mean, we'll get into it. There's quite a lot of discussion in this movie about orange slices and how multiverses relate oh to those God, things. And that, <laughs> I actually transcribed that whole quote. It'll come up later. But uh, the point here is that there are mythic worlds uh, adjacent to our own, and they can get into ours via tap water, I think. I was tempted to do a glass of tap water. Uh, We're going to be talking about that. But I feel like that sort of defeats the purpose of Beers for Fears. So anyways, <laughs> mythic worlds, modern times, IPA. There it is. Nice. I like it. Well, I'll go next. I'm pleased to report I did find a weird little beer importer store, like a Ooh. fancy beer place. Shoop de whoop. So I've got myself a single banger here of <laughs> Stop what? calling them that. That's what it is. That's what everybody <laughs> Stop calls calling them. calling them that. Uh, I mean, have I you guys ever heard that. of the Three Floyds Brewing Company? Yes, I've heard of Three Floyds. Okay. It's out Where of Munster, out of? Indiana. Yeah, I don't okay. think I'd heard of them before, or if I did, I forgot. They're I'm very drinking well regarded. a f- <laughs> permanent funeral. 
which okay. is okay. like an <laughs> imperial IPA, and it's very intense. And this does not look like an imperial IPA. It no, looks it kind of not. like a light lager, but it tastes <laughs> intense. That, yeah, that looks like you're drinking a Budweiser. Yeah, no, uh, this is maybe an like a Budweiser IPA. with a slice of orange. There's some color to it. Yeah, no, it's 10.5%, and I'm very hungover, and it's early here, so Oof. here we go. A slice Oof-a-doofa. of orange. You're sticking with the orange but, thing. But I think... <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's thematic. But I think permanent funeral's appropriate here, especially on this block. They're essentially just having a permanent funeral. Everyone who comes on this block dies. Yeah, you die within about 14 days of moving in. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. They're having a permanent funeral. Jake, Sometimes a what cop will drive by and just get assassinated by someone in their front lawn. It's fine. <laughs> fine. You know? Oh, you threw he's it to me. Acting, um, he's acting strangely. He has glass in his eyes. Who is that? I'm drinking a bunch of Pedialyte because I just got the second COVID vaccination dose. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually drinking beer, too. I'm only going to have one, though, because I am trying to take it a little bit easy on my body after getting that injection. So um, I was looking for a Modern Times beer, actually. I set out to find Ghostlands, which is another one of their IPIs, IPAs. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before. They have a ton. A lot of them are pretty applicable. Couldn't find Ghostlands. So... I went with local brewery, Mother Earth. They make a lager that they call Tierra Madre, which, look, this is a movie that's in Spanish. It's from Argentina. And this was my really only choice, considering the time that I had available to me. So I went with a Spanish-named beer for a Spanish movie. So there you, you go. Drink, you're I drinking like Mother Earth by Mother Earth? It also, yeah, I, indeed. It also says a beer for all reasons. And I needed a reason okay. for this beer. And this is, you know, there you go. It fits that description. It, it's it for all reasons. It came in the, yeah. Whatever, I'm going to stop It's right talking. there on the tin. <laughs> what type of beer was that, did you say? It's a straight-up lager, dude. It's like your easy oh, drinker. Nice. I actually really Ooh. like it. That, yeah, it sounds wonderful. Nice. But drinking Crush beers and watching the 2018 or 2017 movie Terrified isn't the only thing we've done in the horror world over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other horror shit, so why don't we maybe cue that sound effect? I don't know. And talk about what else has been rocking our horror worlds. Nope, not cue that sound effect. Just go right into regular rocking horror worlds. I'll start. I've got two to Jack, talk Jack, I think at this point you're the only one that has movies that are still due. <laughs> and I have like 16 of them, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, you've been on a hell of a losing streak. <laughs> Since the, we started the Patreon. You might do okay this yeah, week. We'll find out. Roughly over the last 80 weeks, you've been on a hell of a losing streak. <laughs> Uh, I watched a movie on Netflix called Await Further Instructions. Ooh, this was okay. one where I needed something to watch, and it just popped up on like Netflix's horror genre. I don't know how long it's been on Netflix. I had not seen it before. I don't think I'd heard about it. I don't remember doing You've it on HR. You've definitely HRR, heard but... about it, because I've yep. talked about it. Jack, As real quick I. question, just to confirm, this is the one where they receive instructions via their television set? Yes. Yeah, we've, uh-huh. we've both discussed this on the podcast. This oh, shit, movie really? fucking rules. I didn't love it. <laughs> okay. Yay. The concept, I thought it was the okay. The concept is very cool, but then it like reads like the worst episodes of the Twilight Zone, like when it actually when you're actually in it. I don't know. I it was it's pretty good and the concept does fucking rule. Also the Brexit allegory, I don't remember you guys talking about at all. Well, obviously. Didn't realize it was didn't talk about it. Oh, it's so heavy-handed and absolutely terrible. What's I hated Brexit? that part. It infuriated me. What's that? What's Brexit? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Just like the, you know, it's like half xenophobia, half what the media is telling you. It's like, ah, this is not Is that good, Brexit or is that just sort of all of our cultures collectively? I don't know. It came out around the time of Brexit, and it's like a British family with a stereotypically sure, sure. racist patriarch. I it, feel like it is very it, Brexit. It, it could be Brexit, but it can apply many to many different places because hashtag populism. I mean, yeah. had Brexit not happened, not had been voted to happen at the time that this was released, 
it still would have been a very apt metaphor for well, like, this old came British out. I mean, people and also old American people and also old people from basically every country wherever you are. Maybe, but I think and that by the time this movie was being produced, the Brexit vote had already happened. <laughs> this is a movie okay. about humans. So, it, so it's a Brexit. It's a Brexit thing. Cool, we got there. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> We're spending too much time Look, on Brexit. Continue. I didn't love it. I didn't I love this movie. Didn't. It's a really cool concept. It's not executed very well. I found mm-hmm. the acting stilted and like hard to get into. Oh, uh, but bothering me. You know, very very cool concept. Uh, yeah. The- well, and I think that's what. Well, Jake. Frankly, I don't remember what your take on it was, but I oh, think that was funny. similar to what I had. It was very rough around the edges, mm-hmm. but I I liked it for j- pure concept level. I, I yes. The the execution, I, I guess. Yeah, it's I guess I didn't. Say. I like didn't the, say this for the listener who doesn't know. This is like a family has to get holed up in their house, which is also a cool like stripping of resources away from this family. And there's one TV that they're getting all their information from, and they have to do what it says. It's a cool concept. And there's like one kid who's coming back to try and like reconnect with his family, and he's bringing his girlfriend, and they don't like her, and all this other shit that <laughs> is happening. Uh, I I think on balance it's a good movie, but if you're going in, yeah, it's it's rough around the edges for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other one I have to talk about. Last week on the podcast, uh, I don't remember why it came up, but Black Mountainside came up, and I was talking about how it's about time for my yearly rewatch of that, and that got under my skin. So I watched Black Mountainside again, and I still fucking love it. <laughs> it came Movie up because of the, the podcast where we yeah, did came up with the, the horror art game. Jake's, oh, that checks Jake's, out. Uh, legitimately great art game. Yeah, why, that you I, that I, why you keep doing it? Why you keep no, twisting I, the I, like I that? said that with all seriousness. You did. It, it was I, so fun, dude. Yeah, it was a lot about? of fun. I really want to you build on it. it. I think it's a great idea. Fucker. Okay. <laughs> wow. I don't believe uh, you. I will say the thing that Shostakovsky, Shostakovsky talked to us about. Showtime. Show, yeah, Showtime. There we go. Uh, on When we interviewed him, you know, the thing of like, it was really hard to make it seem like winter. That yeah. becomes more and more glaring every time I watch it, and I didn't even really notice it the first time I watched it. Because that it's like but... that's buried itself into your brain, the discussion oh, around yeah. like how it was like all melty and shit. But it seems it seemed a lot warmer this time. Sure. When I, was I remember it. I watched that movie in like the dead of July in Utah, which is a fucking desert. It was 110 degrees outside, and I was like, that looks cold as hell. And then I brought that up when we were talking to him, and he was like, are you sure? Because everything was melting. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> we're from a very America strange showtime. sense of temperature. but man that guy knows how to set a tone and a feeling and keep it consistently throughout the movie it's it's so fun it's It's so scary yeah yeah it's uh loved it i continue to love it uh my opinion has not changed on it that's all i've got to talk about mark what about you okay i got two important ones to talk about first off i got come play uh which was my top one i think from december possibly november of 2020 Mm -hmm. This is the one, if you remember, about the autistic child who doesn't speak. He doesn't. He hasn't like developed the ability to speak yet, yeah. so he speaks through his phone. Uh, and then there is this like techno demon thing that starts stalking him through that. I, I think it's actually based on a short story or a short uh, film, but I haven't. I haven't actually seen that part. Uh, in any case, this is this is an interesting one. It's kind of hard to talk about because. Hmm. On one on, on on one hand, it's almost like a great follow up to the Babadook because it's very similar themes, but the kid is way 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 more tolerable, and also the parents are played by uh, <laughs> John Gallagher Jr. and Jillian Jacobs, mm-hmm. which is a I mean fucking power couple. Um, <laughs> are they a couple? 
Hmm. Not in real life, but in in the, in the movie. I mean, <laughs> not to say that the mother did a bad job in in Babadook. I can't remember who played her, but uh, the other thing is, Azzy Robertson is the kid who plays the. He's the kid who plays the kid in this, and he also does a great job. So on on balance, I would say this is an easier watch than the Babadook, but also it's way more heavy handed. <laughs> um, yeah, there are whole scenes, whole scenes where they're just delivering like straight explanation of what is. Go- Wait, hold on. So if we continue to read this book, he's going to continue to come into our world. Oh, what <laughs> to the face? <laughs> stab in the liver um I, I would say this is an entertaining movie i mean i i had a lot of fun watching it i think it is a good movie there's a lot of cg that you should probably be aware of when you're going in because some of these scenes like outright look bad but i actually thought it was pretty creative like the way they executed a few of these set pieces is different from what we've seen very similar scenes executed in the past so Probably noteworthy. I don't know if you should go super far out of your like normal direction to to seek this one out and watch it. But mm-hmm. if it comes up on your feed, um, if it drops down to a three dollar rental, I when I watched it, it was the five or six dollar okay. level. If it comes down a little bit, I it I mean it's a good movie. You're gonna have fun watching it. It's well performed. It's well produced. Uh, go go for it. That's that's come play. Um, I don't have too too much else to say except that re- you should really enjoy the exposition when it happens because it's fun as hell <laughs> <laughs> john I, gallagher jr moves to just like the most stereotypical horror apartment you've, <laughs> you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life it's just cinder block <laughs> whatever hey, um, my apartment's just cinder block look around buddy it looks very actually yes it looks very there's a scene that looks almost exactly like the room you're in right now oh, so. including the palm trees <laughs> Uh, palm trees, not so much. Oh. Listener, there's palm trees in Jack's background. <laughs> uh, also, Essie Davis is the uh, actor from The Babadook. Thank you. Thank you for filling yeah. that one in. Yep. Next up, this was a legitimate blockbuster that has flown under, I think, the, the radar in general as far as I've seen in uh, the groups that I like look for. for oh, I know what you're going to say. I, already know I watched Uncle Peckerhead, which was a recommendation to me by Jake on our omnibus. <laughs> uh, it was one of the movies that I had to watch for 2021. And this was a surprisingly good recommendation. The first note I, I wrote down, hold on, Jake is giving me an incredulous <laughs> look. expect bad recommendations for me? No, but the first note I wrote down was Jake suggested I watch the omnibus, this for the omnibus, and I don't really know why. Because the first 10 minutes is kind of kind of weird and i was like does did he suggest this to me suggest this to me because of the weird like power dynamics of a sound check which i little background on me i fucking love sound checks at concerts they're super goddamn fun <laughs> and very informative for how the band works um or is this because i like the moment where the sound check like evolves into the actual concert uh and that's like the first wow. i don't know maybe 15 minutes of the movie and then all of a sudden it turns into this like whole thing and whatever so, Uncle Peckerhead is a... Jake, how would you describe this movie without giving too much away? It's the story of a roadie that joins a band, and that yep. roadie brings a certain amount of baggage along with him that is very horror-oriented. Yeah. Yes. I, if you're able to be blind, I wouldn't say much more than that. If you've seen the trailer, you know what kind of baggage it is that we're referring to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't watch the trailer. Um, watch the movie, because it's, it's yeah, pretty fun. Exactly. I... Loved the hell out of this movie. I, I think it will align well with you if 
you enjoy kind of musically oriented stuff. This is about a band touring and sort of like the weird relationship dynamics that happen mm-hmm. in that time. It's 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 people struggling to find money, right? They're they're doing a tour and they're doing a show that's like, you know, I think they make three dollars at their first appearance or something like that, and that's a problem because they can't even afford gas to drive to the next venue. Um, and it's kind of just like the relationship drama in that regard. It's but uh, yeah. The, the reason the I other... recommend okay, go ahead. Fuck. No, no, you do you do that. The reason I recommended it to you, Mark, was because it I think that it's a really it strikes a really good balance of a lot of different things that are really enjoyable. So it's like kind of this strange humor comedy mixed in with like a road trip movie, mixed in with the various horror elements that I don't want to get too much into, but they're right. highly enjoyable. <laughs> To a certain type of people, so it and it ha- it's there's just a lot of screen time that's devoted to actual music taking place, which is yeah. pretty cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pontificate on that in one second, but like really, it's it one of the things it does right is this is one of the it's a horror movie that involves some more wholesome themes too, where it's about like friendship and extending kindness to people that you wouldn't normally extend kindness to, and the dividends that that can pay or possibly not pay. I, we're not going to get too far into spoilers. But yeah, the other thing that this movie does hard right is it leverages the music of Jeff Riddle. I think both of these people are out of Philadelphia, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Jeff Riddle and... Um, shoot, I'm, I'm blanking on the other on the lady's name, but she's the lead vocalist for Kayatana. And... They so they're not the it's they do kind of an interesting thing. There's the actors in the movie, and then there's the vocalists that do their performances. And Jeff Riddle, I think, is like the main organizer behind this stuff. But in real life, he did a charitable organization thing where he teamed up with Kayatana and they did a bunch of this stuff. So I actually don't know if this is an original score or if they just leveraged the stuff they had already written and performed. But in any case, Jeff Riddle, uh. <clears throat> performing like the songs in this movie lends a lot of credence to it it was sort of like one of those things where you're like i don't know how this is going to be and then all of a sudden excuse me all of a sudden they start singing and it's like oh actually he kind of sounds a lot like billy joe armstrong and then there's like she's he's he's singing alongside the again i'm sorry but kayatana uh and they're doing these like vocal thing i mean it's a lot of fun if you want to listen to the music that they have in that look up the holy mess uh i think within the ranges within the range of a raven is one of the songs that they feature here and then 500 bucks by or spinal by 500 bucks is another song they feature here again if you want to listen to the the female vocalist kayatana does a great cover of age of consent those are the three that I would point you toward. Uh, the first two are ones that I think they actually feature in this movie. But that was that was one of the like crazy things about this is I went into it thinking this is going to be a hot mess, weird movie, and then I came out of it being like, I need to listen to every piece of music that these people have written. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in any case, that's Uncle Peckerhead. I watched it on Prime. I I, it, I can't remember if it's a rental or if I paid for it, but uh, hard recommend for me. I would assume a hard recommend from Jake since he told me to watch it. Yep, ton of heart. And uh, definitely a hard recommend from Jack, too, because he's easily swayed. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at it here. It does appear to be just free with an Amazon Prime subscription. There you go. So, no add-ons. Def- yeah, fun change of pace. You'll you'll learn a little. You'll love a little. Uh, you'll laugh. Peckerhead. You'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. Are you done? Nice. Oh, gosh. Hey, you talked about longer you? about the music in that movie Dude, you, than I think I'm going to talk about. You've been talking that for was, like... An that hour, was the I one movie. Like. That was the one movie you wanted me to watch for like 2021. No, it's good. I, it's like good. I, I just can't believe how many times you said Kayatana. It was like 
fucking put a little dinger on that shit. Oh, um, Kayatana? <laughs> I have Princess one and a half movies to talk about this week. The movie, Weird. the full movie that I have to talk about is Bloody Hell, which you guys will probably remember came out uh, a couple months ago. HRR, this was the one that was like, this movie is in Boise? And then he goes oh, to Helsinki, yeah. and it seemed really weird. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, I went yeah, into yeah. this because I saw it on Prime. It was a rental. I did have to pay for it. It was like your typical, I think it was five bucks at the time. But I was like, oh, yeah. I had. I think I had it as my dark horse. It was scratching the Boise itch. So I was like, I have to watch this. And I went into it thinking there's no way. This is going to be like okay, or it's going to be like the worst movie I've ever seen. It was neither. This movie was pretty <laughs> fucking good. I was shocked. <laughs> And how good All this movie right. was, actually. Um, tremendous performance by the male lead. His name is Ben O'Toole. Um, the the other thing that I just want to get off of my chest at the beginning is that not like not a single thing about this movie is related to Boise. There's a drone shot that I think was taken from my house, like at the very beginning. <laughs> and then there is so a if you bank want to know heist. where Jake lives. There's a bank heist at the notable downtown bank, Sawtooth County Credit Union. Um, oh which yeah, sure. That they, famous bank. <laughs> it's funny because they, they they created a Sawtooth County because he then his character, his name's Rex, goes to Sawtooth County Jail. So they'd done some research about like the Sawtooths existing and then made up a fictitious county in Idaho, whatever. That's that's it. That's the only thing that takes place. Like <laughs> there there are, and I actually looked this up because I was curious, but I was like, are there any sets or like whatever? I think they just like had some. I don't know if they licensed it or found some free to use drone shot to like set the dude's like hometown is being Boise because like that one drone shot that's in a couple of different sitcoms over like the Matador down eighth street. That's in like I, modern family. And no, that it's from, Rob it's from Lo North show. side of the Capitol building. Okay. It, I, it, so anyway, like <laughs> they have this, this, mo- this movie was filmed in Australia and it's, and Finland and it's done by a Boise, bunch of Australians. Apparently. So like not one part of this has to do with Boise. I couldn't help but think about it. it was like maybe tied to like the tendies for Boise hashtag thing that was coming out of Australia. That's the only connection I can make. But no, I have not no about idea Boise. what that hashtag is. Oh, I'll talk to you about it off air. Don't worry about it. Anyway, right, pretty fucking good movie, and I thought it was like a very fun watch that had an extremely strong performance where it needed it out of the lead. I don't want to divulge too much about like exactly what's going on. He gets captured by a family, and it's kind of like his trying to escape this family that he's been captured by in Finland. And other than that, I'm not going to say anything, but it demands a lot from him and he delivers. I was super surprised at how good his performance was. Nice. Did you say how you watch this? Yeah, it's a pay for it on prime right now. So this was one that landed on your list as like, as soon as this is available, I need to pay for this to watch it or how did no this landed on my list as the dark horse for the month because it showed a shot of Boise in the trailer. And I was like, I'll watch this at some point. And then it like came up as I was scrolling for a movie to watch. And I was like, tonight's the night boys. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So I YOLO'd it up onto my screen and then, then that's, that's what (laughs) happened. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would recommend it. Huh. All right. And not just cool. if you're from Boise. I, I, I think this is a good, like, if your expectations are low sort of thing. So I'll be interested after you guys hear me give it a positive recommend, like, what you think about it. I'm going to go into it with sky-high expectations. Yeah, I'm going to tell my wife that this is the uh, best Jake's ever. number one pick of 2021. To be clear, not that, but entertaining. Nice. Okay. Nice. I like it. What is your half? My half one. Um... I have watched a few of the movies that are up for Picture of the Year at the Oscars. I'm not really into the whole Oscars thing. I'm not a fan of the Academy, if you know what I mean. But And yet you've watched all of the movies. That no, I've watched like three of them. Okay. But this last week, I, I did want to just mention on the 
on the podcast. This last week, I watched Promising Young Woman, and I I'm, I don't want to talk a lot about like what that movie is about here. It it does have a lot to do with sexual violence and trauma and rape and all of that, and that's heavy enough. It doesn't play it off in that way. What I wanted to, to mention is I think it's a super it's an important watch and it's an interesting watch. And the thing that really stood out to me is like, they do a ton here with playing with horror tropes, like rape, revenge, serial killer stuff. And they tip, they like, they, they handle it perfectly because they walk right up that line and then they never cross it. So it's pretty interesting to watch like all of the horror influences that take place or that are, they've just entered the way in which they wrote this and ended up filming it without creating a horror movie. Cause this is like a dark comedy basically. But okay. pretty interesting watch. I think it's an important movie. What a genre. <laughs> Don't know that I would say that it's going to be like the winner of Picture of the Year, but um, pretty good one. I would recommend it. Noteworthy. I like how, would, how would you uh, recommend we watch that one? Do you have to rent it or is it free anyway? Fuck. Uh, yeah, I run it. Just rent it. <laughs> I don't know. I could Google be wrong. It. So you're not in the Oscars, but you're paying to rent all of the Best Picture nominees. That's fine. Cool. Yeah. And with Jake's love, Sound the of Metal Oscars out of the way. On Prime. Oh. I didn't pay for that <laughs> yeah. one. Mank is free on Netflix, and even though nobody should ever watch that movie, I'm not going to watch Mank. It sucks. Well, I don't think Promising Young Woman It doesn't suck. It's just not for me. Augusta Koch was the name of the vocalist for Kayatana, by the way. (laughs) Let's go to the feature (laughs) presentation. Ding. (laughs) Ding. Over at AgencyHorror.com this week, we watched 2016's, 2017's, just call it 2018's Terrified. I was stalling because I couldn't remember the name of the movie. It's a poorly named movie. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a vaguely it? named movie. Jake pick. Jake, why'd you pick this thing? Uh, I saw this quite a while ago, as Mark alluded to earlier in the podcast. I think it was two years ago when it first showed up on Shudder uh, for no real reason other than that it was on Shudder, and I thought that the poster looked cool. And I was surprised by what transpired on my screen in front of me. <laughs> so I've always kind of wanted to revisit That's it. That's fair. This is an interesting yeah. one that, like, if you go in blind, it's very impressive. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen this before. I didn't know really any fucking thing about it. Um, wow. That's good. That's the way to go into it. Yeah. Mark, you s- had seen it before? I had seen this before. This was an omnibus recommendation to me from Jake. From probably from 2017, so it's been I don't well, know had to a be 2018. while. Had to be 2018. 2018. Yeah, sure. Well, it would have been the 2017 Omnibus, right? Mm, so it would have no. been the end of 2017. I would have watched it in 2018. No, and then it would have been a full Add two a and a half years. And now we're talking about it, and that's how time there's works. no way to know. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible mm-hmm. to know. Either anyway, way, Jake, we all aged. You picked <laughs> this movie, here. and you know what that means. You have to give us a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. People living on a block in Buenos Aires, Argentina, all have their own unique experiences with the paranormal in this movie. There's a couple who's one of the women ends up basically getting thrown around the room and killed. Uh, Another guy gets basically, like, stalked by this slender man-looking dude and pulled into another dimension. Another kid gets hit by a bus, comes back, is, like, this weird zombie guy bunch of paranormal investigators come to explore and there's this weird whole like Lovecraftian thing at the end and everybody dies. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not going to go into depth on that. 
time. That's all I have to say. This is not a story-driven movie. It's it's fascinating to see where you like lay the detail in this movie because I thought you were going to be like way behind, but then you finished with four seconds. Well, to so go. it's a conscious choice, right? Like th- this movie, like I said about five seconds ago, is not a story-driven movie where it does attempt to add story. Um, I wouldn't call that a success. So it's more about the set pieces, really, which we'll get into. This is a set piece movie. It's it's about like the interconnectivity of these different people in this neighborhood that is haunted, which is I think a pretty darn cool concept. I don't want to say more. It would right have now, been better if they were risk getting out of order. How dare we? <laughs> well, speaking I, of not getting out of order, why don't we talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into? Except foreign, because I'm taking that one. <laughs> anthology. It's an anthology movie, and that's an interesting oh, one. I guess it kind of is. It, yeah, it, I didn't think that, about that that is an interesting one. It. It's it is in like the southboundy sort of way, though it's not to that level. Southbound is way more definitive with it, but yeah. watching it the second time, I realized that was sort of the methodology I had to go in mm-hmm. to watch this with because it's it absolutely is absolutely an anthology. Just it's just like done yes. in a yeah. in a uh, more interconnected way. Without yeah. it's a more structure. it's a more subtle approach to it. But the frame narrative is an actual movie. Every every <laughs> yeah. five minutes, there, I mean, the frame narrative is minimal at, at best. At yeah. most. Well, it's it's minimal until it's like, basically, you could say that the first half of this movie is an anthology movie. The second half of this movie is just a straight up, is just the resolution of the frame narrative, basically, is how I would say that. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Where uh, it's the so same therefore, it's, it's not structured not like what you would think of when you think of most anthologies is what we're getting at here. This is a ghost movie. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's c- it. Kind of a things that go bump in the night. Haunted house movie. Oh, it's Ghost and Things That Go Bump in the Night. We cool. have both yeah, of those you. on there. It's a lot I of think. value that we're adding to the conversation. I think there's a ton of value. Might as well call it a I mean, it, it, it's a little bit of an old dark house movie. You know what I mean? It's an old sure. dark neighborhood. Things you know? literally go bump in the night. I do wish that they made a more of an effort to like show the actual neighborhood that this is in, because it feels weird. To me, in my brain, like the way that I set this up, it's like three houses mm-hmm. on a continuous street. It's, it's, almost like it's it a feels duplex. like it's a string of sound stages. It's a duplex. Shut up, Jack. It's a duplex <laughs> and then a house across the street from said duplex. Well, right, but I mean, wouldn't that make more sense to like put it all in like one side of like a like a... Like a no. dead end thing. That's not how water if it's works, just like, Mark. That's not how water works, Mark. That's not how the, that's not how it's the plumbed, water, Mark. The water is how the ghosts get into your body. Yeah, just like an orange peel. Because that's where microorganisms just like an orange live. Peel. In water. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's not a story-driven movie. <laughs> Mother Holy of God. Shit. Okay, well then let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about what this movie does right. And the first thing I want to start with here is, man, this movie gets the fuck going. This movie wastes... No time with the no. horroring. No. Oh my god. This is a zero to sixty <laughs> movie, and I think that's why that that is reason prime why I wanted to bring it up as a, a full review on the podcast. Because having gone in blind to it, I was shell shocked by how hard this went, how quickly, immediately, and how five minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Can we wait? Hold on. I would like to take a step back for a moment. What drove you to watch this movie originally, Jake? I like I said, I pulled up Shutter and I saw the poster. And you liked and I was the like, poster. that looks yeah. fucking weird. Click. Okay. Yeah, it's pure happenstance then. Because I mean, I feel like that happens like a lot. Well, I and mean, this one stuck with you more than dude with his skull ripped open and like Lovecraft spilling out of his brain. I don't know. That's cool. <laughs> Lovecraft spilling out. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a void. Yeah, I I just think that's interesting, right? Like 
we do that type of stuff all the time where we watch the random thing that's suggested to us by Shutter or Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Mm-hmm. See my and earlier this comments one today. has seemingly rooted in your brain in a way that is noteworthy. Yeah, well, it's I mean, this is a memorable movie. Just mentioned, yeah, like <laughs> I, I think that the way that this comes out and approaches its horror, which is a in-your-face type of approach, works well. And it shows you so much so quickly. His wife just floating in the air, banging around against the walls, blood everywhere. It's wild. Can you set this up for us? What? What? Give us, give us the rundown of how this scene works, though, because I, I don't think feel like we've given it like a okay. Full... Okay. So what happens here? Th- this being like the first segment of this anthology is you have a dude and his wife who live in a duplex in Buenos Aires, and she is preparing dinner. She starts to hear things coming from the drain of her sink. Sounds kind of weird. You have like a whole kind of. She's trying to figure out where the sounds come from. She's turning the water on, turning it back off, listening to how it drains through the the sink, etc. Husband comes home, undefined amount of time later. She's like, didn't prepare dinner, hearing shit in the house. They go to another bed. thing I liked very much about that is like she does not let him like mansplain it at all to her. No. If you're hearing I, things, it's the pipes. Well, there was like, no, no real attempt I'm hearing either. fucking he was just human like, voices. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a little bit about how like all oh, the neighbors been renovating, which we'll get to in a subsequent segment. But um, they Walter. go to bed. She gets up middle of the night, I guess, and he starts hearing banging. Assumes it's the neighbor. Freaks the fuck out, like goes all the way over the neighbors trying to buzz him. Like, why are you renovating Which, at five in the morning, you jackass? I'll have stuff to say about that in a later segment. Comes back in, realizes that it's coming from inside his own house, goes into the bathroom, <laughs> and it's like a fucking bloodbath in there, in, in the bath. Um, she's just flying, getting pushed from wall to wall in the tub, like by some unknown force, just full on dismantled. Uh, end scene. Yeah. Yeah. So so you go from oh those are annoying neighbors to uh oh, his wife's getting slammed from wall to wall by invisible forces beyond our control. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Good <laughs> day. Great. We're Good 2 day minutes me. in. <laughs> so the then that like the interconnectivity comes up which is one of the things that I think this did a pretty good job of and it makes it interesting right so like i said his neighbor who's been ostensibly renovating his house it kind of cuts over to him and what his experience has been which is he is basically also experiencing disturbances in his part of the duplex at night um kind of like earthquake style things things being misplaced bed shaking etc feels like he's hearing things seeing things blah 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 he long story short sets up a camera to see what's going on and captures this the thing from the poster. I don't even know how to describe it. A slender, naked, naked demon ghost he's guy. He's not even that slender. He's a little built. <laughs> he's tall. He's, he's pretty, pretty slender. slender, dude. He's a Norwegian lawn back. He doesn't have a <laughs> he doesn't have a butt to speak of. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry if you have the stunt crawl, double, crawls but out you don't have much of a bed. butt. Crawls out from underneath the bed. Kind of does the stand over his bed, staring at him for a bit sort of thing. Um, goes into the closet. The wardrobe, I guess, not closet. Um, he tries to take matters into his own hands, but is you don't really know what happens. He seems to be whisked away into another dimension. Comes back later. I think you get a Ish. you get like a "Hey, how you doing?" type of thing later. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. He lives beneath the floorboards or within the wall. I don't know. Yeah, he's in doing the great. Water, he's it's really, all very he's really he's really thriving. But you start and those those two these are neither of these segments are long at all. And they're both pretty, um, that, that pacing helps and they're both very in your face with the way they present it. So it's, it's a nice like pulse pounding start to the movie. And I love that. 
Yeah. And from so, there, it throttles things down, which I think is good. But Mark, you should say whatever it is you're going to say. Okay, so this is one of the things that I was going to say. I, I actually ended up not taking my normal structure of notes on this. I didn't do does right, does middle, does wrong. So we'll see how this fucking podcast goes. But Did you do it um, like we did I, with anthology ones? Where you I did it like I did segment? with anthologies where I just That's did good. it by each segment. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Um, what I liked, what I like about this movie, you just brought up pacing, so I want to jump in here, sure. is that you? it's a very interesting structure because you have... The voices in the kitchen, I named these all just independently, so these are not the official names or whatever, but you have voices in the kitchen, which is the thing we were just describing. You have Walter Carabajal, who's the neighbor that I think we're going to talk about in a second. Kid get hit, kid gets hit by bus, my favorite segment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Albrecht and Jono, she's a doctor, he's a cop. I had a jingle in mind for that. <laughs> uh, and then you have- Would you care to sing it? So, uh, give me some moments. Uh, uh, you <laughs> some have the first moments. four. <laughs> you have the first four, and then you have number five is just the investigation. The investigation is being like the second half of the movie. Yeah. So in a weird way, like for an anthology movie, it's very strange to be set up in that in that structure where you have four rapid fire. I mean, these take ten each minutes. Each segment maximum. gets longer. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but each segment, well, I actually, I don't, I don't think that's right. Kid gets hit by bus is probably the longest, but then if you take the other one, that's Jano and Albrecht meeting each other as a separate thing from the whole investigation, that one's pretty short. Yeah. We said that's kind of the frame narrative. Yeah, I get whatever. I guess you could call that the frame narrative. But basically you have, in that case, you have three rapid fire, 10 minute or less long segments. Um, that then lead into the movie as a whole of them resolving where these ghosts, demons, otherworldly, mythic worlds, inhabitants are coming from. Just to plug my beer again, <laughs> listener. Um, and, and I think that works in a very strange but synergistic way. It's not a structure that we see. I, I don't think we've seen this really at all, actually, from the standpoint of an anthology movie before. Mm-hmm. And it, it bridges the gap, the gap really well between it's really hard to get uh, new viewers into anthology horror because it's confusing and doesn't adhere at all to what they're expecting with a normal movie that they're watching mm-hmm. with you know, an actual narrative three-act structure, or in this case, like a five-act structure, whatever. But it's close enough that they can probably, like, jump in and watch this thing and just be like, eh, that makes sense. This is a straightforward narrative. I can actually get into this thing. So that's what I would say it does right, is blending the two worlds together, which is also, you know, thematic overall because, you know, worlds are blending together like an orange. Like an orange. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Anything to add to that, guys, or am I just out on an island? Here? No, but I did not prepare my notes in like a an to talk about an anthology because I didn't make that connection. Until nor, you said nor it. should you. Like, if you go in blind watching this thing, but I guess I'm curious to know what your thoughts on this were, Jack. Like, at, do you think this is an anthology, or was that a surprise when I brought that up? No, it was a surprise, the- but it was a surprise at how well that clicked. It makes a ton of sense, and I agree with you. It just didn't okay. occur to me at all while I was So talk it. me through, and maybe this is getting into what the movie, This might you might have had this note in, like, does wrong or does middle or something like that, but did you comment at all in your notes on how this movie progresses from, like, a narrative standpoint? Absolutely. I have, the pacing is very strange in this movie. as a note, like, five different times. It's a very, if you don't, if you're not thinking about it like an anthology, it's a very weird paced movie <laughs> and i i love that if you're going in blind and you get blindsided by an anthology movie it's very it's it's interesting to go through those like psychological steps of 
oh, I'm watching an anthology movie, and now I have to adjust my my, you know, my internal frame to to you know do that. I should have made the connection because I have a note in here that's like this watches a lot like Juon, which hmm. is also effectively an anthology. Juon would probably be the most yeah that's closely actually, associated that's movie yeah. with this type of structure. Yeah, yeah, very very weird. Yeah. So now that now that we've spoiled it for you, Jack, after the fact, uh, do you would you would you still couch that as a strange note or like is this mo- something the movie does wrong or does right? I, I think it's. I mean, I would still put it in like does middle. I I didn't dislike it when I watched it the first time. It's not like bad. It's just very weird and and like not really off putting. Just strange. And I still agree with that. It's definitely strange. It's yeah, a strange it's, it's a unique. <laughs> it's a unique build. This yeah. Um, so I I think it's hard not to put it in middle to be honest like it hit me (laughs) in a good way but I can totally understand why someone would be like this was garbage and it didn't make it didn't click at all (laughs) yeah I mean it kind of clicked with me especially like it hits you like we talked about so fast so early but then and then you kind of go to the next segment it's uh, it's it's yeah and then you immediately transition to a completely different character (laughs) yeah very weird but I liked I mean they did they did connect you right like you in your first segment with the husband wife like they reference him as the neighbor. Um, it wasn't quite the same in its style of reference, but the way they transition into the, he talks the kid to getting the hit by right? bus. He talks is, to Walter, yeah. Yeah, he talks I mean, to he, him. He talks to him via the intercom in which Walter does not talk back. And well, yes, but Walter, he's, is, Walter is discussed several times uh, during that segment. And yeah. then the kid gets hit by bus is kind of referenced. Like he's referenced once before, but then there's also like a segment where the kid's like drinking out of the fucking water the hose bib the hose yeah the whatever you call it <laughs> he's drinking some tap water i should i really should have fucking done a glass of tap water damn it <laughs> you should have actually that would have been perfect oh my god i'm i'm hydrating i'm drinking water well you're drinking you have a water bottle and a jug of pedialyte what are you doing yeah. i'm hydrating weird i'm obviously <laughs> hydrating Jack. well here you go i got i mean i got one of those too yeah it's important to Jack. listener it's important to hydrate i've got i'm hydrating too there's what do you think all the wet stuff and water and, and beer and coffee is if not yeah, water sure. totally totally dude yo the beer i'm drinking is like 91 percent water yeah okay, so that's a, is that. isn't that a line from osmosis jones <laughs> um is it yeah the guy who plays roland on schitt's creek is like fat fuck friend is like giving him beer when he's sick and he's like of course you're hydrating what do you think all that wet stuff is I think it's not. I mean, that's not untrue. I think that's from living Osmosis in Utah. Jones. I've learned that if I need to hydrate between beers, I just drink Utah beer, <laughs> and it works phenomenally well. I want to talk about the effects. I don't know how to talk about this movie anymore in terms of like an anthology because I just have what it does right more. And that's th- fine. This movie shows you so fucking much. It goes <laughs> for it, and they don't all look good. But I but love not, the courage really of this movie. Bad. This is not a huge movie. Yeah, I I think I yeah. In in the sense, just for the sake of argument, I would kind of disagree with you there. I actually think most of what they do here looks pretty. The good. one the one that I have in really really doesn't look good is where the woman's head gets pulled into the wall like the claw. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine, that one fine, looks fine. terrible and glitchy and bad. Um, and it's just like a lazy jump scare to begin with. So I might have been predisposed sure. against it but sure. uh but for the I, I agree with you guys on the rest of the scares they look fucking and effects they look great and this yeah i don't know what the budget on this is but it couldn't have been huge couldn't have been huge. what i would what i would say too is that this movie is creative enough with how it sets up and executes its scares that i'm willing to 
like give it a lot of leeway with how it actually executes them because it's not just like the typical things that we've seen before they they do have the setups of like closing bathroom mirrors and like scenes where they're framing it in a certain way where you think it's going to be a visual gag and then it's not mm-hmm. so they're they're riffing on that in a way that's 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 kind of funny to to us that have seen you know a couple hundred of these fucking movies <laughs> but then when they actually execute it i'm like oh i'm fine with how they actually did that because you need cg there uh, it doesn't look great, it, but whatever. Yeah. Good work. You can tell that this was done by someone who knows what they're doing, what they like, what their influences are, and like where they want to go with well it. Well, uh, director is Damien Rugna. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but pretty good work. I don't know how else you would Rugna in a way that sounds more Spanish or Russian. Rugna. Not. It's Russian. definitely Russian. You're right. It's definitely Russian. <laughs> that the the Argentina film community leverages a lot of Russian directors. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yep. Rugna, strong like tractor. <laughs> that actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm good at accents. You know, if you want to hire me. Uh, um, speaking yo, of which, Mark, you know what? Have you had enough moments to give us your jingle. Oh yeah. Um. You need more moments? You need some more moments? Albrecht and Jano, he's a cop, she's a doc. Wow! Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) You know what looks best in this movie? You know what the best looking thing is? The first scare, the wife... Bouncing around the I walls. Think the kid look, I think the kid looks pretty good. Kid looks. The good kid too. looks. That's kind of well, a costuming those are, thing. Those too. are two completely different things, though. That's this is apples and oranges. We can't compare. We're those talking about things, things that look good. Those are apples to apples. Why can't you compare apples and oranges? You, you fucking is, can. They're is both like, fruits. Okay, fine. It's like Brayburn to Golden Delicious. Then whatever. Two <laughs> different types of apples. <laughs> it's a Lady Alice and a Cosmic Crisp. God damn it. Sure. So the first one is the first one looks really good because of how surprising it is, and then it's extended. I mean that that sequence where she's slammed back and forth against the wall is like it's long, like thirty five seconds, ninety or seconds. Yeah. Um, and then, but the kid is like an entire segment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he comes. Doesn't he come back? Does he come back? No, I can't remember. Um, but that's a solid five minutes there, right? So. One is based more on the surprise of yes. him opening the door and being like, wait, that's not my neighbor renovating. That's a strange noise coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. Call back to you know, the movie we reviewed last week. But then the other one is, you're, like, you know you're going to see something shocking as Jenna walks in. He's, all of the setup for that so, segment is, I'm calling you out of bed. This is weird. You're going to see something strange. Yeah. What the fuck is this thing? Mm-hmm. And then you walk in, and it's a dead kid, and that dead kid persists through the next sitting like, at the table five with cereal. Scenes. Yeah, very and weird. I, I love like okay. I mean, this is this structure for this episode, you guys, is just garbage. But <laughs> yeah, it's that gone. segment, well, anthologies. Yeah, whatever, that segment fine. was by far my favorite as well. Mark, you said it was yours. Um, yeah, everything about the the kid Gold. segment was super solid, and I think it's partly because of the things we've already discussed liking about the other, I would say both of the first two segments where it, it starts out quickly. It hits you pretty hard with its scares. They're more jolty. They get your blood pumping. And then this one is chilling. It's a totally different type of scare that they employ. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is a very cool technique to like hit you hard with the, you know, kind of more traditional scares, even though they're really well done. And then this one, like you said, chilling, it's haunting. It's just like, Oh God. Yeah, and the, the, thing- the kind of like hit, you know something's going to happen going in, like Mark said, is they wake him up, they bring him in, they don't show you, you kind of see the trauma on the mother. 
they round. They the tell, they tell the you, second. they tell you multiple times, like, "Hey, you don't get scared, right?" Yeah, <laughs> I need you to come to <laughs> that here. build is so good. But I, I feel like that one, maybe it's not as hard as I'm giving it credit for. But if you're gonna say shit like that several times and build it for as long as they do, it better look pretty good and be chilling. And I think that it was. Yeah, it looks, dude. The little kid doll, or however the fuck they did that. If it was an actual actor just holding still. It looks fucking. I I would to transition to my actual point though. I would love. Now I think we might be unlocking something in me. Now I want to think about. We've talked about pacing before, just in like how the movie escalates or whatever. But we've never really talked about pacing from the standpoint of where you, where and how you position your scares. So the first two scares in this movie are basically jump scares, right? Mm-hmm. Like the punchline to the original. Um, married couple voices in the kitchen thing jump yep. scare the end of Walter Carabba Hall also definitely a jump scare mm-hmm. and then this is all of a sudden like this weird sustained chilling I think is the perfect word for that Jake like sequence of two people just staring at this dead body that may or may not be moving and then for whatever fucking reason Jano turns off the lights and then the punchline of the thing is never turn the lights off again, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Oh, man. Um, but now I kind of want to start thinking about that as I'm watching movies of like, you know, jump scare, jump scare, sustained thing that's chilling, jump scare, sustained thing, whatever. And that might be one of the things that this movie really does right is sprinkling in those things that are like really sustainable and interesting scares, but also every once in a while you just throw a jump scare at people to keep them interested, right? I mean, that's, like, we've talked about this before, and, like, The Conjuring is what comes to mind. It's like a modern classic that does it so well, right? A really good mix of jump scares, of building dread, of other kind of scares. Like, they just sprinkle them all throughout, so you're not just, just jump scares. You got other stuff going on, too. So maybe the innovation here, then, is sort of like the approach within the anthology framework, then yeah. too. Yeah, that's a good right? point. Yeah. So it's the combination of those two things of sprinkling in different types of scares with this strange and frankly off-putting anthology framework of you don't know that you're getting into anthology when you go in, you're getting it so you're already off kilter. Mm-hmm. And then also the scares themselves are like jogged in a way that's hard to reconcile psychologically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Put you off balance, keeps you on your toes. <laughs> Did, were you guys as, so we're just fucking, all segments are out the door. I. Yeah, fuck it. We're going back to our old format. We're just talking about this shit. Blow the whistle. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This was kind of a nitpick, but also escalated to does wrong. I was so irritated by how he handled his neighbor banging against the wall. That entire narrative was absurd and incorrect (laughs) and asinine that it like put me, I was in such a bad mood. It's a good thing they had that awesome scare to bring me back around, but like everything about that was wrong. It's absolutely You don't don't think the appropriate thing for a neighbor banging on a wall is you go over there and ring their doorbell and say, hey, what the fuck are you doing? A bunch of things. Number one, don't Jack's turn on like the light. Castle to bang doctor, on the wall. I gotta shoot the guy. Don't bang on the wall. <laughs> don't turn on the light to bang on the wall and yell at your neighbor. Number two, well, your wife isn't in the bed with you. Definitely don't bang on the wall when your wife could be making the noise. Number three, it doesn't look like the bathroom shares a wall with the bedroom. How could you possibly think that was coming from your neighbor? It's coming from a different room inside your own house. Number four, put on pants. It shares. Put on no, pants Jack, when you on, go to yell on. at your neighbor through the intercom. Hold on. The bathroom does share a wall, so. It's if you're looking at it like top down, the master bedroom that they're sleeping in where she is not is like one room. The next room to the left is the bathroom that she's banging to the left and right in. 
and then to the top side is the next apartment over. So if you were banging like against like the T where the bathroom and the master intersected, it could kind of sound like that, I guess. Well, if sure. You were, but like doing it. Che- then check your fucking bathroom before you yell at your neighbor. Or like, I mean, really, what would ha- happen to a normal person is you'd knock on the door and be like, hey, honey, I know you're showering. I'm just going to pop over to the next door and uh, yell at the guy. And then you're like, oh, the what? sound is no, coming what? inside nope. the house. Excuse nope. me? I would be like, hey, what honey, why are you showering at such an ungodly hour? Well, or I work? I don't know. I would, that, but no, no this was I would not open normal. the he door to be like, hey. a scene out of it. He wouldn't have made a scene out of it if it was normal to get up this early. Well, and, uh, if it was normal to get up that early, I would open the fucking door to be like, hey, come on, man. I'm trying to sleep. It's not normal to get up that early. I mean, it is kind of, but I would no, open the door while my wife was showering to be like, is this you just in the shower slamming on the wall for no fucking reason? Can you believe our neighbor? You run it by your wife. We're making, we're making sort of, Jack and I are quasi making the same argument here. So far, I love that we've gone from does right to nitpicks. And it's like just a great No, but I'm saying I elevated it from nitpicks to does wrong because it bothered me so much. Wrong, does right, does wrong. I see. I, see. I blew the whistle after you had so to blow. Now the whistle. everything is just so we were we were does right. We're out the window. Blow Jake. the whistle so I can say something that does wrong. <laughs> yeah, is what happened. Cool. Yeah, precisely. Doing great. We are doing great. Okay, so given all of that, uh-huh. should we at least try, Jack, to to like reel this in and, and go back to some semblance of normalcy? Or you I want guess, to just, but like, I'm like kind of out of stuff. It. it does right. Do you want to talk about? Okay, you want to go to middle? I, I already talked about my middle thing. That was the thing. It's hard. What was? Oh, that was. What was your middle thing? I forgot. Oh, the, <laughs> no, the, 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 pacing, the pacing. The pacing. The pacing. You put okay, pacing okay, in the middle. So. Uh, and, and I think that's probably appropriate, is the middle is kind of like how surprising this movie is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I sort of agree because... Kind of also what it does right. <laughs> my middle, I again, I view this as an anthology. I have the luxury of having, like, knowing what it was, so it's my second viewing. But I put, like, the longer, more paranormal investigation as a sequence. So this is a higher level view. But compared to the other sequences, I put that as middle. Yeah, I buy that. It, it was hard I for might... me to go for. It was hard for me to go from like the the pace and length of the other ones to a, a longer, more involved segment. And frankly, did worse. take up a lot of the movie. If you're looking at it as an individual, I, okay, segments. I like that actually. I think it works in the sense that like at the point where you're spinning so so much after the first three segments if you're not expecting this to be an anthology movie that you just latch on to whatever you see first. Yeah. I think it works in that regard. But what I will put in middle is Rosentalk. Rosentalk is Albrecht's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have not digested the characters here. It you doesn't. Jano. They don't matter. There's some paranormal investigators and a cop. You have you have Jano or Jano the cop. You have Albrecht the esteemed researcher who knows about orange peels. Oh my and then you God. have her and then you and then you have her cohort, uh, which is Rosentalk. He's like the third guy that just randomly gets. Uh, He's an American. He, he, Looks he through windows pensively. Is he American? Because yeah. that was one of the things I had in nitpicks. But okay, fine, whatever. I would have him there because the way his whole character is treated is a full afterthought in how this script was written where he's in the house. He's doing some crazy things. Stuff happens to him and he's just like, eh, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) And then ultimately like the way he dies, I went back and watched it because I had to remind myself what actually happened to him. A door opens behind him. He turns around and there's a hard cut. That's the last you see of Rosentalk. And then he's part of like the final it's jump. It's so weird for a movie that shows you so like... much of everything. <laughs> right, right. So all of the other characters have this whole like 
sequence associated with what actually happens to them, how they die, what is happening to them after they get pulled into the mythic world that is adjacent to their own, uh-huh. and how they're being tortured. He's just like, he was there the whole time. He caught on fire, burned to death, whatever. It's fine. His, well, his is a little bit different. His, his thing is less his getting pulled into the other adjacent world or death scene, and it's more them like kind of discovering the they're discovering that or uncovering it when he gets his hand knife to the cabinet and it's like sucking his blood. Yeah. That's well, his, that's, but that's it's not at his moment of death. Specific thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. But then like the way they actually dispatch with his character is there's a door that opens. It's the, it's the same cabinet that opens in Walter's thing. Yeah. He's in Walter's house. I guess I should he say. He is in Walter's house. The, the wardrobe behind him opens. He turns around, hard cut. You never see him again until the very end of scene, where the very last scene of the movie, where he's referenced. He's like, "Oh, that's Wal- or that's Rosentock," and then he's burned, and then there's a chair. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the that's the scare. That's the weird. Uh, honestly, that's it. That's now the that I'm thinking about this, this might just be what it does wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Rosentock might just be what Rosentock does and wrong. the doctor. The- I had the doctor and what this movie does wrong. Everything she says makes me angry. Okay. She has so, cool gizmos, though. She does. Oh, have the gizmos. Cool gizmo. The gizmos are probably what this movie does right. Frankly, actually, I I might have had this as a neat pick, but yeah. I did love how this like is specific. A fucking mess. This podcast <laughs> is a mess. <laughs> kind of, Jack, kind of like this movie's I, structure. Yeah. <laughs> I I like. Well, I uh, yeah. Well, I wanted to bring this up eventually, but I did have this in nitpicks. I think I had couched it as a neat pick. Well, you I love the whistle, each, so it's chill, Mark. I cool. I love how the individual people. So you have Rosentock, Albrecht, and Jano, and they all have their different like mm-hmm. approaches to how they're troubleshooting ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like Jano, I think is the one that has the the compasses that are all floating on water, and they like spin around or like cling to the side if they if they see something strange. <laughs> and then Albrecht has these like gyrometers and shit that Dude. are that are. They're floating around and like swinging in different directions, and then Rosentalk himself has like the more scientific approach. They have monitors and shit. He has like the black I, light. Yeah, they're they're doing some crazy shit. I don't know. I I that part was the thing that the movie does right. But you okay. guys probably okay. like that that last sequence more than me because it was like the ghost hunters going to the house and hunting ghosts, like that video game. I did like. I mean, I like. Kind of was like that. Sequence. It was a lot like that. I well, especially liked- at the start when Rosentalk like pulls out his his actual ghost hunting shit. <laughs> and I like all the gizmos. I like all the techniques. This movie either needs to do a better job of explaining the other dimension or not explain it at all, but it needs yep. to do one Agreed. or the other. And it yep. is falls squarely in the middle and it's horrible. Yep. Wait, so are we in does wrong <laughs> yes. now? Cause I, I, I wrote all That's of fine. that down. Okay. That's fine. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a dramatic reading. I'm not, I'm just gonna do a regular reading. I can't do it. No, you need no, to do a dramatic. I'll put some, I'll put some ominous music behind you. Please do. Please bed something. Yes. <laughs> These dimensions are organized as if they are segments of an orange. There's life in both dimensions. Do you understand? Water is the channel used by microscopic beings. Period. Full end of sentence. (laughs) Those beings can gather, nest, and reproduce. They can use our bodies. That is the extent of the story. It's See why I didn't fucking explain any of that in the 30-second plot so synopsis? so stupid. Water is the channel used by microscopic beings. I wrote that End of sentence. Like, no, no other context? That's just completely saying that. different from what this movie is. Just just saying that. What, like, why? Like, why are we even talking about this? microscopic beings? There's no what? need for this. 
No, it should have been, okay, no, I'm actually taking a side. I don't want them to have explained more to where it would have re- reached some level of adequacy. I wanted significantly less. I just wanted creepy set pieces. Totally, and then all the gizmos yeah. are fun and wacky. And they could have still included those, but they didn't need to say shit. Yeah, absolutely. They just, they I actually, your, they're more out, fun if you, know? you don't, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think part of that is what it does right is having these individual wacky gadgets that are just like indicative of oh, there's a ghost. Is, here. is this doing anything? You, you don't that. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like there's like a weird swinging pendulum thing that swings to one side and then holds there, and you're like, oh, there's a ghost there. That's fine. I just want a set piece now. That's all I want. I don't want you to tell me that our worlds are adjacent, <laughs> like peels of an orange or whatever the fuck. I just <laughs> they had read. to use a UV light to find some fingerprints on a mirror. Then they had to use a radio and call its name, and if it calls, yeah, back, and then and then and then you got to look in your book, and it, it's either an oni or something they, else that I they can't left remember. a journal on a desk and see if something would write in it, but none of it ever does anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get too scared and you turn the game off, and then you message Jack and you say, "Hey, my game crashed. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking serious, dude? That game is so scary. <laughs> I don't. I'm it's, not saying it's not. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Let's wow. hear if you're either. We're, talk- we're referencing phasmophobia. Y'all should play. It was so fun. Out. And then, but then once you actually see the deaths, it becomes significantly less scary because it's just like, yeah, they just like choke themselves and then immediately like 90 degree angle the wrong way <laughs> where their back is just like, look, they're looking upward, but they're bending the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Game rules. Good times. Good That's times. unbelievable. What? <sighs> <sighs> What else does this movie do wrong? <laughs> where where uh, are we? I, I have another nitpick with the very first line of this fucking movie. The husband comes back all excited, and the first the first line of this movie is, remember that dog we hit the other day? Turns oh, out yeah, it's not weird, dead. Huh? What the fuck is that line? It's insane. I feel like that might have been like a cut scene. That's the lost segment. It's <laughs> Yeah, the lost segment of Terrifying. They couldn't include it because it had to be a tight 90. It kind of fits like the whole vibe of this movie to have it start with, remember that dog we hit the other day? Turns out it's fine. It's, Thank God we didn't bury it. It's on... Well, yeah, I we think that's related it. to... So like, what did you do? Thing. You just threw it into the gutter? There's a dead dog in the gutter and it got up and walked yeah, away. And you saw, it walked away like two days later and you, you saw it? <laughs> or was it just and, gone and yeah, you assumed like, it walked away? Hold on. Now I'm thinking well, there's more to unpack here. <laughs> I think that might be analogous to, like, they wanted to reference for whatever reason, and then they didn't. They wanted to reference the kid that got hit by a bus. Yes. Yes. And then, but, you know, and then they buried him and he got up and came back. Whatever. There's something missing. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's something missing here, but it's this, it's literally like the exact same story. If something died after drinking the tap water, yeah. it was possessed came out of its grave and then was walking around like a normal alive thing. Totally. Yeah, but as somebody who had not seen the movie before, opening your film with, remember that dog we hit the other day? Turns out it's fine. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> they they do a lot of that foreshadowing stuff where they say, hey, here's something we're going to call ahead to. And then, I mean, like 60% of the time, it's actually a call ahead. And the other 40 is just like, we're referencing something that doesn't happen. And this is just like nincompoopery. <laughs> There, there isn't that. There aren't that many examples, though. Luckily. No, I mean that—that's the primary one. I feel like there are a lot of like Chekhov's things that they bring up. They are like, oh, I need to make note of this. I'm trying, to and then more. it doesn't come back up. I mean, the dog one. Now that you mention it, it's a pretty good one, but it, that's just a yeah. kid thing. I mean, that—that's. That's it. I wanted them. I mean, on this same note, I wanted them to do more with the intercom. 
maybe it was just that they wanted like groaning or something to come out of it. But I feel like there's there's that's a thing that is a very specific to the locale that they're filming in, and b that they never use. I also can't. <laughs> why? It's a duplex, oh, right? They share a wall. Are you going back to the? Why would they? There's, there's. It's not like there's a fence. It's not like it's an apartment you have to be buzzed up to. They, there actually literally is a fence. Actually, there's a so fence cool. between the two units that share a wall. Yes, there's a wrought iron fence. They show it multiple times. <sighs> God, weird. But I do think it's kind of funny the way they. The uh, Albrecht is in the first house the the married couple's house yes and she's looking through the wall to where rosentalk is and it's like i mean it's pretty far they're kind of doing some house to leave shit there and he's walking around in the other dimension uh walter is but like it's definitely she's looking through that crack and you definitely can't see the actual it's six feet deep and you can't see the other actual like apartment which is kind of cool yeah whatever There's more there that they could have done, and then they didn't, and then she was grabbed by a CG hand from the wall. <laughs> yeah. Also, with that, sort of. with that sound, that like repetitive, almost rhythmic slapping against the wall, do you think your neighbor's renovating at five in the morning, not just like having sex or something? The guy's an idiot. I, the whole scene is infuriating. You are way too stuck it's on this. You're way ups- too stuck so on it. so upsetting. You gotta not. <laughs> anytime, anytime I'm doing any hammering, I try and hit, you know, the, ah, uh, ah, uh, 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 stand alive. Stand hammering. Up. I know what you mean, buddy. Yeah. So I was right. You assume your neighbor's right. having sex. Yeah, I just I just hammer to that frequency. You hear the, the Bee Gees, you know Mark's riled up. Right. <laughs> do you guys not do you guys not hammer to a frequency? You know? It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty normal. Hey, I got an actual nitpick, and then I think that's honestly like the last thing I have to say about this movie. Uh um, the they they use this sound effect so many times. Oh god. Funes's phone oh sounds exactly like what the sound my phone makes when it's out of battery and it's I think I checked my phone thing. Yeah. 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 Uh I I checked my phone like 6 times. I know what you're talking about. Thinking it was about to die because it comes up I guess just like what the sound that it makes when he gets a text message or something like that. Yeah, but that totally is the battery thing cuz I had that same thought. It's such a problem. It's I mean, this is a thing that happens in modern movies too where you just use the sound effects that are like a given on your phone, but like it was it was to the point where I started getting annoyed by it because every time it happened I was like, "Wait, was that from the movie or did my phone just do that?" And then he was, you know, he was talking to the deputy or whatever that was in the neighborhood. Mark, you should do what I do and I set your phone even... to make the various Zelda noises depending on the type of notification. My most, I should, the, I should, is my most common one. The little like you got to rewire that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We haven't talked about that. I right, just to mention earlier because I think it was something we referenced earlier in the episode. There's a sequence that's a little strange that doesn't pay off at all. Speaking of Chekhov's things that don't pay off, there's so. Funes drives away, mm-hmm. stops, gets a call from one of his deputies. The deputy is in the neighborhood. He's looking at Jano, who has tentacles for eyes, <laughs> and is like, he's acting very strangely. <laughs> what is going on? And Funes is just like, get get the hell out. What is yeah. happening? Yeah. This, is, this is stupid. You should leave. It's a possessed neighborhood. Uh, and that's it. That's the rest we get. We don't even know what happened. Did the deputy get, get killed? I don't know. Doesn't matter. At the end of the movie. Uh, Mark, I think we, we do know, right? I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy, so. 
Oh, so that's written from the ghost's perspective. Exactly. I didn't know that. I didn't a lot of know people that don't know Bob Marley Bob really into paranormal activity. Yeah, Bob Marley was really into movies about ghosts from Argentina 30 years in advance of his Noted own ghost hunter, hunter Bob Marley. Hey, you don't know what kind of things he could see, Mark. Robert Nesta Marley was a true visionary. <laughs> I ended up. I actually wrote a thesis paper about Bob Marley and his impact on world music. Interesting. A I'd thesis like paper for like a yeah, master's thesis. degree? Yeah. Yeah, I got my master's in world music. Did I tell you that? <laughs> Motherfucker, I wish the listener could see the face he just made. <laughs> you like licked your lips. It was disgusting. Yeah, he did a weird tongue thing. <laughs> I, I took a world music class for our... Uh, like, okay, it doesn't mean you wrote a thesis on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your paper could have had a thesis statement. A thesis is just a th- like the point of your paper. I, I, yes, yeah, but, but that's not a, the- a thesis. But a thesis paper is like one you have to defend in front of the the board, and you know what you've done. Sir. I defended it in front of a board. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, in front of a plank. You nailed. I was just gonna say you nailed it to a plank. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally in front of a two by four. I read my paper to it. It was fine with it, so I submitted it. I don't think you'd call a two by four a board, but fine. I think literally everyone on this planet. No, boards are one by and wider, and you wouldn't call a two by four a board. That's this is one of the worst takes that has ever happened. <laughs> Should we? We need to. We, we need to survey the public. I'm gonna walk around with no, a two by four, no, and no, I'm just gonna say, no. "Hey, would you count this as a board?" No. <laughs> we need to go to ratings. Is what we need yes. to do. We need to go yes. to ratings. Yes. <laughs> it's a board. It's a board. It was a board review table. <laughs> We, over the ADC Horror, use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Joel would rate how warm it is on this beach. It's goddamn freezing on this beach. And for 10, think about Mark would rate how good the first line of the film has to be. So It's the first line of the film, man. It's got to be on the money here. This energy's too good to not be on air. We gotta come back in. Jake! This was your pick. Rate the thing for... Wait, (laughs) I gotta say story first. Story is the first category to rate these movies. Jake, story rating, go! (laughs) It's falling apart. Listener, dude. you missed a bunch of stuff off air that happened. Things stuff got very weird. It's falling apart. Look, <laughs> we've, we've disintegrated. <laughs> Look, man, I I don't really, I don't think this story is the strong part of this movie. I gave it a three and a half. Yep. I, I don't wow. think there's a ton there, and it's pretty muddy. I gave it a the three. Uh, the, yeah. the, the story they choose to include makes it actively much, much worse. Sure. And it's like very storylike. And the story it's better they when it's ch- vague scares. Yeah, yeah. A series of set pieces is what this had to be. I will say, like, then when you have a low score, and I kind of only talked about why I don't think it's a good story, it's like, well, what did you think was good? What are you giving it credit for? And I think that the concept of a haunted neighborhood very is cool. pretty cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. I kind of was looking at it like wishing they had done what The Last Shift did, which is like explain a lot less of it and just have weird vignettes of horror. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark. It starts that way. So... This is interesting. I gave it a six, and I I, I don't think that That's the high. story really gets in the way here, which I think is what I'm going to lean on, is in general, it's judicious lack thereof. There is literally a 20-second long scene, which is the thing I transcribed and read earlier, that is jarring and weird and probably too much exposition. But overall, I, I kind of take the story as the setup overall that you guys were just referencing which is that there's this 
haunted neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of interconnected families and storylines, and like he used to date her, and now they're now he's being she's upset with him because he hid this body, even though she was he was trying to defend her and like prevent her from being outcast from society and all this other stuff. Like, I I think the story here actually serves to improve the impact of all of this stuff. So that's where I ended up landing, okay. but I kind of see where you're coming from. It's a hot mess, but I think overall, aside from the specific expositional stuff that they do, like the story just serves to improve the impact of all of this stuff. The only other thing I would say is just like in, even the beginning, the writing of the beginning, like how just it, every time they write a lot of stuff, like it rubs me the wrong way. So uh. I will assume well, that, that it's funny you say that though, right? Like, cause the writing also factors into the pacing, which is something that we've gone all over the place on. <laughs> but I would say is one of the better influences of this movie where it's like rapid fire shit happening. And then they take the moment to expound upon the investigation that happens. So I, I don't know. I, I still think they're, Script overall is very strong in this movie. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, slightly better than average strong. <laughs> That's going to take <laughs> us into world building and immersion. Jake, what is your world building and immersion score? I'm interested if we're going to do like a bit of a flip-flop here. I gave this one a seven. Um, I found this... I find anthologies to be like weirdly immersive in the sense that like I... I'm abundantly, it's abundantly clear that I'm watching a movie and like that inherently isn't super immersive, but like my ability to just understand what is happening in an anthology and that like new things are going to be coming and the promise of something cool that could be coming down the road inherently adds to my viewing experience. And I, I'm also going to say like we're from a world building perspective, I'm a little bit double jeopardizing in a positive way, the neighborhood thing here. That was solid. So for me, it lends to a higher score. Did I even say my score? Did I say seven? You did. This is a seven, right? Yes. Okay. You said seven. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You gave it a six. I mean, I was a little bit... I think the benefit of thinking of this as an anthology movie helps a lot with the immersion factor because it is just a little jarring from a pacing perspective. But, Mark, as you talked about, the, the couple of rapid-fire scares and intense stuff happening into a very, very dreadful, like, longer segment is really, really cool. Um, it, I mean, it's an immersive movie, and I do like the street they built, even though it doesn't really feel like a street. Mark, you mentioned that, too. So from a world-building perspective, they could have done a little better. Mark. It's, it's funny to think about, like, there's people People on the other side, like the north side, and there's people on like the south side that like are just completely unbeknownst to what's going on. <laughs> there's just a lot of cops for some reason. <laughs> it's a bus route. There's a fucking bus that runs through here. <laughs> it's like, don't get off here. This is uh, this is this is haunted. This is hell. haunted four <laughs> house wait, segment. <laughs> wait, wait for six houses from now. It's much less haunted. That's oh, dude, fine. you remember how the bus driver who hit the kid just ran away? Oh yeah, <laughs> he just keeps going. Yeah, he got out of the bus and just ran. fucking bailed. <clears throat> My immersion score was a seven and a half, so we didn't really flip flop because I I agree with You're you on this on one. I'm just high on it. I yeah. think that the story and immersion combine here really well. Okay, and from an immersion perspective too, I like like you said, I think there's just some synergy there with the uh, anthology series type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when all of the anthology, well, all of the individual episodes of the anthology hit. This is the type of thing you get where it's That's like, actually a good point. Usually you weak. get a bad one yeah, or like a bad three. <laughs> yeah. Uh this is all of them are pretty damn good. Absolutely. So I ended up at a seven and I a like half. it. That's gonna take us into scare factor. Jake, what is your scare factor score? 
gave this a seven. I, I think this is where it's a little bit higher. That's what hit me the first time and what stuck with me after watching it for that first time was that the, the scares come fast and furious and I thought they were well executed. And then that transition from the fast and furious slash well executed scares to the slow and dreadful slash well executed scare is a pretty fucking smart choice that was executed well. So Love it. Yep. Seven. Seven. Same reason, same score. This is I guess if I had to say one thing I will add though is like if if I had to say like why is this not higher, it's because it starts at such a breakneck speed. I like the transition into the slower one, but then it doesn't really build that back. And that's not to say that things aren't happening during the investigation scene. The stakes feel much lower. I'm more used to it too. Um. Uh, yeah, and maybe it's like the types of characters that are involved, uh, being people who've like voluntarily put themselves in that position. Like it just doesn't hit the same way. So yeah. it it I guess it doesn't maintain itself throughout the course of the movie. Totally agree. And when I think about this movie, I'm pretty much gonna remember that first scare and and probably not too much else from this movie, but that will stick with me forever. So. The, the dude, the kid sequence. The kid sequence is fantastic. But I'm just saying, when I think about this movie in a year or two, that's what I'm gonna remember. Mark, are you playing with a clamp? He's yeah, playing with a clamp. clamp. Okay, there you go. I got a box of tools. You want to should give him the clamps? I'm going to grab. I'm going to grab and play, you know? <laughs> Mark, what's your scare factor score? <laughs> I'm going to grab um, and play. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys are way too high. I gave it a six and a half. We're all on the same page. Whatever. Yeah. It's, the, it's the same thing. It's pretty scary. Yeah, movie. it's going to get to do effects or judicious lack thereof. Jake. Gave this a seven as well. Um, some kind of meh looking stuff down the stretch, but I think f- for the most part, they do a pretty good job here of like not showing you too much of the stuff that they might not be able to make look good. And then there is quite a bit that they do show you, and they show you a lot, that does look good. So I think if I had to justify why I'm not giving it a higher score, it is because there are a couple choices in there, again, down the stretch, that aren't particularly like overwhelming with how fantastic they looked but you know it, it was just like marginally not great yeah man just below great yeah i give this an eight I, th- I think the effects were great i'm penalizing it for that one scene i think looks actively bad but apart from that like shit looks good and the cg works how they with how they use it they show you so fucking much stuff it's an eight they do a lot they do it well it's not perfect mark I landed at a seven. Uh, at key moments there is some issues with the things and the way that they look but yeah, I mean, I, I think we just need to circle back on that beginning segment where she's being slammed between the walls and the wire work that they do. That I assume it's wire work. It has I to actually be. Don't it really looks know, like but, it is. Uh, yeah, the way the way she's moving is a bit unnatural, but you know, you probably it probably would be if you were being slammed betwixt walls <laughs> with a supernatural force. So, um, th- yeah, the thing that I'm knocking it for is the thing that Jack has uh, highlighted as well. It's like. The big one of the big scares of this movie is the, the hand reaching out of the wall and grabbing Albrecht by her so head, bad. and then like either breaking her neck or pulling it off. I don't, I don't really know, but it's a, it's a little rough. Whatever, it's not, it's not super duper. Yep, absolutely. That's gonna take us into overall. Jake, what is your overall score? Six and a half. Uh, this movie sort of feels like it should be higher, but that's where I'm landing on it. Uh, just in terms of where I feel like this fits among all the other movies. It's a, it's a better than average movie. Um, it is a little bit smaller. It is going to be a little bit more polarizing. I think that it's pretty good, but it's not up there in like that upper echelon type things. I, I think what the, what this boils down to most for me is that like this is a movie that 
I will continue to remember as being like a good sequence of like set pieces and set piece horror. And some of those are like pretty damn good, but that kind of also is indicative of a movie that like, isn't amazing on its own merits as a movie, which is, I think where this fits in. Does that make sense? 100%. Like it does cool shit, but as a, as a whole, it's not like up there as like, that's a great horror movie. It's like that movie had cool horror shit in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely completely agree. Um, I gave it a six. I, 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 the sentiment of it feels like it should be higher resonates very much with me. I think I agree with you. Like it does. It's a movie that feels like I should give it a higher score. But as I'm sitting here, I don't want to give it a higher score. I can't justify giving it a higher. Yeah, score. Yeah, exactly. It's a really cool movie. It's got a lot of good stuff going on. It is flawed. Uh, six. Mark. It's remarkable how well we're all aligned. I gave it a six and a half. I mean, I. It's it's notable because of how subtle it is that it's an anthology movie and like the way that it works that into the structure of the movie I think warrants at least a half point up but I, I mean we're all in the same boat here it's it's something that is jarring if you're not expecting it and that can be disruptive I guess so there you go absolutely well I think it's time to get the fuck out of here. Nope. Thumbs up, thumbs down. No, nope, I forgot. Not. Thumbs Dude, up, thumbs you, down. You. I was well. I was setting my fan. I was looking at my fantasy. Love the motivation that you're going with here, though. That's great. <laughs> a lot of gusto. A lot of gusto. Uh, thumbs up. I thumbs give this down. a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. I think this is an interesting enough one to recommend to people, particularly for like anthologies that might not be the type that you would think of when you consider what an anthology horror movie is. Uh, I think Mark alluded to this earlier, and I, I'm either getting his point exactly correct or. All exactly opposite of what he intended. Exactly but wrong. I, take, I have very nuanced takes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that this is the style, like, if someone's, like, I don't really like the way anthologies play out, I think you'd be like, well, have you seen, and you could insert this here. It's going to have some hurdle because of the fact that it's foreign language, but I think that it has enough merits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I give it a thumbs up, too. This is worth watching. It's really interesting, if nothing else. It's very, very cool, especially if you can go in blind. Um, I mean, this is, this is an experience. I don't think it's fantastic, but I also think it's it's... Very, very much worth watching. Mark? I gave it a thumbs down on a general recommendation standpoint, right? Like, if we're if we're using the thumbs up, thumbs down thing as a, as a 50% of the audience that want a horror recommendation, this is a harder one to give just because it's so obscure and because of the barrier to entry. Not, I mean, obviously, you can access it relatively easily through Shutter, but foreign language and different format than you're expecting and if you go in i mean we, we do this a lot different. it's not that much different but like we do this a lot where we say you know there's a lot of things you need to know if you're going into this and it's better if you go in blind but also if i'm recommending it to you you're probably not going in blind <laughs> so i'm punting on this and i'm saying i'm not recommending it to you if you stumble upon it then it's probably kind of gonna be fun for you so <laughs> are you whatever. giving it a thumb sideways Thumb sideways if I can, <laughs> if that's a possibility. <laughs> very, very nice. Well, now it's time to get the fuck out of here. This has been episode 219 of the A to Z Whorecast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Whore.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are going to be down there in links in the descriptions below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we got going on, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. We are continuing for the foreseeable future to be donating all of those proceeds to somewhere that actually needs it. So continue giving that some consideration. You're going to get all the same great perks you would anyway, but you're going to know that money's going to a good cause. 
As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link's down there in the description below as well. And coming up next week, we're going to throw it back to the 70s. It's about time we did a slightly <laughs> older movie. And I think this is a Mark pick. It's the original yeah, it Wicker Man. Hell yeah. I'm excited to see this. Wicker the Man. The fact that you were Wicker able Man. to avoid the Nick Cage version, Mark, is astonishing. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, look, if we lose this, if we lose the beers for fears, you're probably going to end up watching it. <laughs> you don't make the polls anymore now, do you? That's true. We switched. We're leaving. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Drink the beers. Watch the horror movies. You know the drill. Rugna, strong like tractor.